On Saturday, June 17th, podcasters from the DCTV Podcast Network are gathering together for our third annual live charity fundraising event. This year, we'll be raising money for the World Wildlife Fund, the world's leading conservation organization that works in 100 countries to protect endangered species and critical habitats. If you'd like to donate and be entered into a raffle to win prizes, head over to www.worldwildlife.org slash go to slash DCTV podcasts. And make sure to listen on June 17th at Mixler.com slash DCTV podcasts. Hi, this is Andrew Kreisberg, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. DCTV podcasts adds a new show. Supergirl gets a novel. And we reflect on season two. This is Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Louis Rabinowitz, who is the Supergirl reviewer over at KryptonSite.com, and we have him on to look back at Supergirl's second season. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, Louis. Hi. Hi. We're, we're glad to have you. It's kind of fun to have uh, someone on the podcast who is also someone who has to review each episode as we go. I, I feel like we're, we're, we have a kinship in, in, in duties because we also do that on the podcast. So it's uh, going to be fun to have your input. But before we talk about season two, I was curious, would you tell us a little bit about your background with the character of Supergirl? Like, how did you first hear about Supergirl? or What, what got you interested into watching the show? Uh, well, I hadn't really heard of the character before the kind of TV show began to get announced and you saw the costumes on Twitter and things. But I kind of, I remember seeing the pilot in about the May of the upfront of it and thinking that, like, it wasn't great and it really could go either way, but it had these kind of, had this kind of lightheartedness, which I felt um, with the sort of Superman in films being a bit sort of darker and broodier and kind of away from that kind of ethos of you know truth and justice and stuff i kind of felt that was much more reflective of what the character and the, that sort of mythology should be so i kind of felt that it had a really good premise to go with right from the start and i was been really rewarding to see it kind of build out from there and kind of build this really great and interesting show that's really cool that's uh, that's fascinating to me that you you kind of didn't know much about supergirl before you jumped onto the show. Um, that's, that's really awesome that the, the show kind of drew you into the character. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, we look forward to hearing more of your thoughts on Supergirl season two specifically, but first we need to get to the news. According to EW.com, Supergirl will be getting a middle grade novel called Supergirl Age of Atlantis on November 7th. Supergirl Age of Atlantis will be written by Joe Whitmore and we'll see Cara Danvers deal with various weird goings-on all over National City. Not only have average citizens suddenly started performing feats, but the Department of Extra Normal Operations has captured a humanoid sea creature, and Cara will have to figure out what drew him to National City and what his connection to this surge of super citizens may be. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this. Um, I don't know if this is something that Supergirl Radio will want to review. Um, maybe, maybe we could at some point. Uh, but this is this is kind of cool. I don't know if Supergirl will actually get to go to Atlantis, but that sounds like it might be the case. So that could that could be all kinds of fun. I want to read them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's sea creatures involved. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, and and uh, quote weird goings on. Uh, I, unquote. So I, I want to know what the weird goings on are. Uh, that should be really fun. And the cover looks pretty good. So that's, that's, that's cool. It's got some, some water and a big S shield. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. 
Uh, in some season two news, Supergirl season two is now available to stream on Netflix. I was so shocked by this. That's real fast. It was really well, fast. It's part of the CW's new, new deal with Netflix. So all their shows now, a week after the season finale airs, go up on Netflix. That's good to know. Yeah. Just FYI. I think we talked about it back uh, a while ago, or maybe maybe I just wrote about it. I remember writing about it. They signed a deal with Netflix where uh, I guess you could could get CW shows on Hulu for a while. Then the contract with Hulu expired, and they signed a new one with Netflix where you couldn't watch weekly, but you can watch the full the season in full a week after the finale airs. So they're doing that with all their shows now. You're right. We did talk about that. We did talk about the Hulu situation. And I'm sure I have it somewhere in my Google Docs that I'll have to go dig through. But it, that's that sounds familiar. So I should not have been surprised, but I was. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can watch all of season two, every episode and, and season one, season one and season two are on there. So, mm-hmm. so that is awesome. So if you want to go back and rewatch, you can definitely do that. But if you would rather have it in disc form, Supergirl, the complete second season will be released on Blu-ray and DVD on August 27th, 2017. In addition to all 22 episodes, the set will include... The 2016 Comic-Con panel, a conversation with Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith, Supergirl Lives audio commentary with Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith, as well as features called Supergirl Alien Fight Night, Aliens Among Us, and Did You Know? Facts for Fans. Um, is is anybody uh, excited about any of these? Because I love special features, so I don't know if anybody else is. is, is I'm excited for Alien Fight Night. <laughs> What is that? I, I wonder if that'll be like a like a behind the scenes look at like Roulette's Fight Club. That's kind of what I was thinking. I also am curious to know what Did You Know Facts for Fans is all about because look, unless I it, wonder if we'll know facts. It, I was gonna say unless it includes the name of the alien bar, not interested. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want I want that Facts for Fans to be all about Snapper Car. Like somebody turn somebody turns it on and it's like we're gonna take you back to Snapper's beginnings. It's like who? <laughs> like, why? Why is this whole thing about Snapper? That is so my the dream. Fans really want to know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be the dream to go through Snapper Carr's whole timeline through his comic book history. That that needs to that needs to be a feature. Uh, yeah, I I would I would watch that so much. I would watch it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a cool looking uh, cover for the Blu-ray, and uh, so I'll, I will be picking that up because I like Blu-rays and. Um, bonus features love me some bonus features so uh, that will be coming out on august 22nd so that's all the news we have for this week for this episode Uh, so now that we've covered all of our news let's revisit season two of supergirl Uh, so it just ended a week and a half ago and so we're gonna take a look back at it and uh, louis i'm I'm very curious because i kind of know how carly morgan and i feel about the season but um, what about season two really worked for you? What resonated with you um, when watching the season? Um, I remember thinking the sort of opening eight episodes, the ones that were kind of airing the winter. I remember being kind of surprised pleasantly by kind of how relevant they were trying to be, as in how they kind of tackled all those issues of immigration and prejudice through the whole aliens thing. So I was really kind of interested by how wholeheartedly they embraced that right off the bat and I was kind of a little disappointed when they didn't so much follow up on that later in the season but um yeah that was kind of an aspect that season one didn't really include yeah it definitely had a a different storyline that they were going for and they introduced the idea of aliens are among us not just the Fort Ross aliens there there are other aliens here and uh, so that that I struggled with a little bit, but I can understand your your liking the uh, approach that they they had something they, they wanted to say, and and uh, so they used the first half of the season to say it. Um, Carly, what I I know we've kind of talked about the season, but in in terms of like what really worked or stuck out to you about season two, like what what really resonated with you? I think for me, the the biggest thing was in spite of the recurring characters that we lost I felt like a lot of the recurring characters that we got this season were really strong um characters like Lena Luther and I really liked Miss Martian and Maggie Sawyer um we got a little bit more of like 
Alex's backstory. And I really liked her early arc where she's kind of dealing with her feelings for Maggie and trying to figure out how to tell her family and how that effect affected her and Kara's relationship a little bit. Um, we got the return of characters that I think we liked a lot from season one, like Livewire. Um, I felt like overall though, the villains this season were really fun. Uh, we got a lot of new faces like Mr. McShiz Pitalik was really funny. And um, who else? I'm trying to think. Uh, I liked roulette. I thought roulette was kind of fun and slinky and we saw her a couple times. <laughs> But I think I think a lot of the side characters this season were really strong. So I was I had fun with that this season. So it, it was uh, character stuff. It sounded like uh, yeah, really hit with you more than like storylines and stuff like that. Yeah, I I think a lot of the stories I, I had issues with. I mean, we talked about it before. It sometimes felt a lot, a lot of like the show was retreading previous ground with especially with a lot of the relationships, like the narrative relationships. And we've talked, I've talked a lot about like how it felt like Kara was sometimes more adrift than I would like her to be. Um, so I think that's why overall I was more a fan of seeing who they choose, who they chose to bring in, especially with the, on the villain side of things. Morgan, what really, uh, st- when, when you look back at season two, it really st- sticks out for you. Yeah, I actually agree with Carly. I think when I look back at season two, it's the it's the characters, like the new characters that that were brought in, um, that really stuck out to me as being really good additions to the show. Um, I think you know, in particular, Lena and Maggie. Uh, a lot of the characters that they brought in were really interesting, even though um, sometimes the characters are a problem. Like uh, I think that. Adding so many people um, to the cast, even though we lost a couple people from season one, uh, they had a hard time balancing them all. Like I would have loved to see more of Miss Martian. Um, we didn't. She's she was great, but we didn't get much of her. Um, but I, I do think that the character stuff was some of the stronger stuff in the season. Um, and I think that there were definitely a lot of really fun elements and. I, I like that the way that they expanded the world, even though they never really explained uh, how they did that. Like, I <laughs> liked the idea that there is an alien bar that they all go to uh, to hang out. And then there's sort of like aliens among us and they're just sort of chilling out, being regular people. But that was definitely not at all <laughs> what season one had set up. And they just sort of dropped that in. Like, we're on the CW now. Here's a bar. Uh, every CW show must have a bar. <laughs> I feel like that goes, like, way back to, like, the WB days where, like, you know, like on Birds of Prey, they were always oh, like, yeah. we have to go to the bar. Like, on Buffy, they are like, to the bronze. <laughs> like, now that you are a CW show, you must have that one place you all hang out. But uh, I, I have to say I'm like a sucker for the WBCW uh, way of TV shows where they all hang out at one place. So I did enjoy that. I don't think it made the most sense with what had been previously set up. And I wish there had been like a little bit of explanation like, oh, maybe there was like some alien war where like a bunch of aliens had just showed up or I don't know. Or like now that Supergirl was is out there you know saving people now the other aliens feel like more comfortable like just opening their bar like i don't know like in the first season it seemed like the only aliens were the fort ross escapees and like now suddenly they're small business owners i was really (laughs) (laughs) but i enjoyed it yeah it's so funny that you mentioned that because when i made my notes about things that i liked and didn't like one of the things that i wrote down about what worked for me in season two was the unnamed alien bar and i think it was because it was a nice location change like it it felt different like it made it season two stand out from season one for me is that they did have this other like they had noonans in season one but it wasn't like a place where they all hung out it was where car went to go pick up cat's lunch or something like that so the unnamed alien bar there were a lot of storylines that took place there there were some big events that happened there so um, I think they use that location and that set uh, to, to a great degree. And I, I think I'm with Carly also that the 
villains were the highlight of this. What they they were they were kind of what um, when I think about the season, I think about how much I enjoyed the villains, and especially you know Lena Luther and Queen Rhea and Roulette and Livewire. I, it was nice to see Livewire again. So I think the uh, the villains were were a standout for season two and kind of what what I always latched onto. So Louis, since we talked about what did work for us in season two, what would you say maybe didn't work for you as much? I kind of had the most problem with the sort of middle bits of the season, kind of the whole like about January to March bit where I kind of felt that it became a bit more generic. Like I, I kind of felt like I was seeing things that the flash was doing that the arrow, the arrow was doing. And I kind of think kind of sensitive to that. And I wouldn't be surprised if people kind of shared because it's been such a like, controversial online thing is Monel <laughs> and the focus on him and he became like the show's not necessarily main character but the one that felt like it was most interested in for like a good few episodes over Kara and I really just kind of felt like the show was slipping at that point I mean it kind of got back to it but there was a big point big point where it kind of lost its identity as such were you okay with Monel as a character like I'm just curious were you okay with Monel as a character or was it just the way he was handled that didn't quite work with you um, I thought he was. I thought he was an okay character. I liked uh, Chris Wood's performance. I thought he was actually kind of. He really helped kind of smooth over some of the cracks and some of the writing. But no, I definitely think it was what they did with him and keep putting him through the same things again and again to the point where his character development felt kind of like just kind of one big cycle. Well, you are definitely not the only one who has thought <laughs> that. <laughs> we we spoke about that at length on Supergirl Radio, so. Uh, so you're not alone in that. Uh, Carly, what would you say maybe didn't didn't click with you in season two? <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe I already knew the answer to that question. No, I think we, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I've, I've talked about it over the course of the season. Um, I think when the show transitioned from season one to season two, it lost two things that I felt like were season one's more defining characteristics one being the mentorship between uh cat grant and cara um because when calista flockhart left the show i mean that right there basically changed cara's entire art because then she moves on and becomes a reporter but she didn't really have like an older female female mentor to go to for advice and I think we all, as we all saw when Kat came back for the two part finale, like the whole vibe of the show changes when she's around um, for the better, I think. But it, it, it became painfully obvious that the, sh- the show has been lacking that this season. And it's probably one of the reasons for me why Kara sometimes felt very adrift, even on her own show. Like it didn't sometimes didn't really feel like she had much of an emotional arc aside from fighting with Monel and making up with Monel and fighting with Monel again, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, and being there to support her friends and family, which is not a bad thing, but I think like we saw her grow so much in season one. So it, it seems like she kind of stalled a little bit in season two for me. Um, the other thing I think that changed from season one was the Cara Alex relationship, because we saw them both get into romantic relationships in season two and as we all know, when you get into a new romance with someone, you can sometimes neglect like your existing friendships and your existing bonds for a while. And But I think because the show had to grow the romantic pairings, it meant that we didn't get as much Cara and Alex sister time. So when that happened on the show, I was like, yes, I want this. I want this so much. You know, even like ep- the episode where... Um, Oh, I'm blanking on the name of the episode, but it's the one where uh, Alex and Carr are looking at each other through the glass and they touch. I think that's Exodus. Yeah. And I was, and even just that moment, I was like, I'm wanting this for so long. Just like good bonding moments or when, you know, Alex comes out to Kara and they talk about it, like all that stuff was like, yes, because I felt like we had a little bit more of it in season one. Um, And given that, given that Kara was dealing with Monel and Alex was dealing with Maggie, you know, they had to, they had to divide their time up, their story time up a little bit more with those new romantic pairings. So 
I think that those are the two big reasons why season two felt different to me. And I, so I had some issues and I've talked about Monel with, and I don't really feel like I need to go into <laughs> my issues with Monel because I feel like I, at this point I'm like beating a dead super horse. Um, <laughs> Comment, no. <laughs> no <just> comment. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like you know I've talked about it in previous episodes of just the repetitiveness of the two of the, the, you know he screws up makes the same mistakes you know apologizes tr- says he'll try to be better and then makes the same mistake next week I feel like the show uh he started to get better for me towards the end of the show um I think I feel like I made the jump from mon negative to mon neutral, but then by the end I was kind of mon apathetic. <laughs> it didn't really, I felt for Kara when he had to leave, but it wasn't because he was leaving; it was because she was sad. <laughs> um, uh, but I, for me, he got better as a character by the end. And but we saw we only saw him bonding with like other people from Team Supergirl towards the third, you know the third part of the show and and it made me sad because I part of me wished they had started to do that sooner because I feel like I would have come around on him I would have come around on him earlier if they had tried to if they had let him bond more with characters like Wynn um and I don't know John Jones maybe or James like earlier on but they they kind of waited on that for a little while so um beside from that I think those are probably my biggest problems with the show i think the beginning of it was really this the beginning of the season was really strong for me and the end was really strong and the middle had some hiccups so so it sounds a lot like uh louie and and supergirl radio kind of experienced some of the same kind of things so that that's fascinating to me that we all kind of uh noticed the same trends that were happening um morgan what about season two maybe didn't quite work as well for you I think there was a real lag in the middle part of the season. I think potentially one of the things that didn't work as well this season is that they were just trying to do so many things. And so the season felt very scattershot. And I think the problem for me in season two is that I like a lot of the stories that they were telling, but there was never enough time to tell any of them. So I liked the Martian. Like, I wish we got more Martian Manhunter this season. And what we did get with him was really good, but it was so, it was so small in the scheme of the overall season. I liked the Luther stuff. I I liked the Terry Hatcher uh, portion of the Daxon stuff. Um, Like I liked a lot of what, I would have liked, I probably would have liked the snapper stuff more if they had, uh, I don't know, committed at all to it. Like Maggie, uh, Maggie and Alex had a great storyline, but there was just, it was so much stuff. Like if you just think about like, where's Jeremiah? Does anyone care? <laughs> like it was like the, the season start, like the, there was a whole big thing where Alex like was like, I'm going to find Jeremiah. Like I'm going to find my dad. And then like, episodes and episodes later she was like oh hey dad (laughs) (laughs) she found him because he was like hey it's me um it's it was just like a lot of like a storyline would start and you would start to kind of get into it and then the next episode would be about something completely different and then the next episode would be about something completely different than that and a lot of those storylines individually were super interesting but there was never enough momentum in them like they should have just picked a couple of these things and focused on that i think that that is well there's a a, there were some issues with the monel character as carly was saying she was mon apathetic by the end (laughs) but i think that the the reason that i went from like mon positive at the beginning of the season to mon negative at the end was just that like all these other really interesting stories were so scattershot but the one constant was that Monel <laughs> was like if it really his storyline was the only thing that was that felt consistent from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, which is not particularly the character's fault. But when there's so much other stuff going on, and when it's you know Supergirl's show, and she barely has like her own storyline for more than an episode or so, like she would 
she would be a reporter for one episode and then she wouldn't be a reporter for like another five episodes to the point where you would forget briefly that that was something she was doing. And then she was like, right back to the reporting. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Cause that's that you're doing that now. Oh crap. And it's, so it felt like if they were going to be that consistent with one storyline, it would have been great if it was Kara's, uh, not just like the random dude that she's dating this, this season. So I think it was like, there was so much going on and then there was so much of Monel. So we're like barely getting any Martian Manhunter and the James Guardian storyline makes so little sense, but like yet here's another Monel episode. Uh, and I think that got really heavy in the middle too, which, which is probably why the middle felt like a little bit more in flux when they got to the end of the season and it was more focused on the Luther stuff and the Daxum stuff, it felt a lot tighter. I would agree with that because it, it felt like it had a focus. It felt like it was driving towards something. And I, I think the, the first half of the season, it felt like it was going that way too. Like it had the Cadmus, Lily and Luther stuff. Cause in remembering the beginning of the season, like we didn't know she was Lily and Luther when she was first introduced, we just kept calling her the doctor. And so there, there was that great kind of, slow burn to reveal who she was and so a lot of that stuff worked for me um in the beginning but uh but yeah like you mentioned the the dropping of the jeremiah storyline was kind of baffling for me because i if i remember correctly at the the I, maybe the second episode superman's like hey alex i'm gonna help you find your dad whatever you need and then like nothing <laughs> ever came of it <laughs> Uh, thanks a lot, Superman. <laughs> thanks a lot, Superman. We found him and then we lost him again. It's no big deal. You, we don't need you anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would have personally liked to have seen them continue with the Jeremiah Danvers storyline because it felt like that was something that was ha- going to be happening towards uh, the end of the season, like at least, you know, throughout the season. But I will agree that I think, um, and this is maybe something I should have mentioned in the what worked for me uh, section of the discussion, but the Monel thing, you know, hate, love him or hate him, but he had a consistent storyline. He had a, a through line from uh, the premiere to the finale. So I will say that that, um, you know, even if he was a divisive character, and I'm probably Mon neutral. Um, yeah, I, I swing Mon uh, Mon neutral to Mon positive probably. Uh, so so I, I think it, he was at least uh, consistent. But there there were some things like you mentioned the the car reporter thing, the James Olsen Guardian storyline did not really work for me at all, especially towards the end of the season. I kind of felt like he was a better hero as James than he was as Guardian. So I think they totally, if they meant to win me over with the Guardian thing, I don't think, I think it went backwards for me. Uh, And I also, I I didn't care for some of the episodes in the way they were really heavy handed on the the political agenda. I I didn't really um, care for that. Um, So some of that and and mixed in with the, uh, some of the ways they wrote Superman didn't really jive with me. So there were some things. And of course, snapper, snapper car, not snapping once, (laughs) uh, is a big problem for me. Uh, so there were some things that I could kind of come or go with, but, uh, I, I guess consistency would have been, um, the, the big thing there that it, some of it didn't feel very consistent. Um, so now that we've kind of, uh, gotten the airing of the grievances out of our system. Uh, <laughs> what? What? Uh, let's let's go to uh, go back to Louis. Um, so, when you think of season two, what are the highlights for you? What are what are your uh, favorite moments? Favorite character beats? Uh, favorite scenes? Do you do you have any highlights that you want to share? I really liked what they did the first couple of episodes did with Superman. I kind of was pleasantly surprised by that, given how kind of uncertain the whole build up to that was. Um, I liked everything they do with Alex, really, especially sort of coming out there to the start of the season, um, how they built up to that. Um, I liked it. When, I, I think uh, one of you said that, like, when they got around to the Alex Carr-Assister stuff in that episode, I kind of felt like, I think it was Exodus. Yeah, I think like, it was. The whole of that episode was kind of a season highlight for me because I felt like it was everything they was trying to do came together, which is something that the rest of the season didn't quite manage necessarily, but that was kind of the one where it all clicked. And basically, Cat Grant in the finale, which I kind of felt the show was the show rediscovering itself again in a way. Yeah, that's a good point. It did feel like it got back to root, you know its roots uh, when Cat Cat Grant came back to turn, town from her her year in the yurt. 
Uh, so she did, she did kind of bring that season one uh, route back with her. Um, and I, I would agree that that moment from Exodus with uh, Supergirl and Alex, that, that's a, it's a great Supergirl moment. It's a great Danvers Sisters moment. Um, so Carly, what, what would you say would be your, uh, your highlight reel of season two? Yeah, I would say probably any episode that really focused on the awesome female characters on the show. Like Exodus for me was really huge after several episodes of kind of being meh uh, <laughs> about how things were going. Um, loved the two-part finale. Felt like it was pretty much almost everything I wanted in the Supergirl episode. Um, I felt like that use of Superman to me was just enough. Like they put him in there just enough where it didn't feel like a gimmick or that they were trying to capitalize on the fact that he's like a big, you know, a big name superhero. He was just there to support Kara on her own show. So I liked that. I liked, uh, let's see, what else did I like? I'm looking at episode titles now just to (laughs) double check. Uh, I loved the Alex episode when you basically just get to see what a badass she is the whole time. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that really stuck out for me. I will say I, I did, I did love Mr. And Mrs. Mixtures Pitalik just because of all of the, like, it's just, I feel like it was such a hilarious episode overall (laughs) with the, with the Hamilton jokes. Uh, I just, that one stuck out to me as being, particularly funny even if even if the end of the episode was a little bit like <laughs> oh Monel <laughs> you're still here no just kidding <laughs> um I did like I did like changing because it gave us uh, a little bit of a uh, reference to the thing which one of my all-time favorite x-files episodes also did so that even though I wasn't really sure how I felt about like <clears throat> the uh what do you call it the like parasite uh <clears throat> villain he was kind of he the parasite villain wasn't as memorable but i remember like being seriously creeped out by the beginning um i think that's pretty much it so so no love for brian the alien well, Brian, obviously. Yes. I mean, I thought we were <laughs> we were going to get to that at any point. Uh, anytime Brian showed up, I do appreciate the fact that he wasn't a one-off character. Like, <laughs> and we didn't get uh, overly attached to him, and to only to have him never show up again. <laughs> like, I, I I really do love that the writers continued to find ways to put him in the show, and then seemed to also delight in the fact that we kept recognizing him every time um it was just really great and also responded to us when we were like it's brian <laughs> even if the last time i think didn't the what wasn't the last time we saw him was the one where he when he was buying weed i feel I, like since yeah. then he's yeah been, i don't know i hope he's on the right path now <laughs> yeah hopefully he's sur- about brian well hopefully he survived the uh the big daxamite invasion uh oh he's fine yeah he, <laughs> he probably had some uh some people he he knew who could give him some shelter maybe some maybe like an underground bunker or something uh he had some contacts probably that could keep him safe uh morgan do you have any uh highlights uh favorite scenes favorite moments favorite character beats uh from season two everything with brian obviously (laughs) he uh, i was complaining about other people's character arcs but brian had quite a roller coaster this season Uh, I feel like I feel like we're gonna find him next season. He's gonna have like like face tattoos or something. He's gonna like gone have gone down a dark path. Uh, <laughs> uh, I liked everything. I really liked the Luthers. I love Lillian Luther. I love Lena. I thought that their storyline um, throughout the season was strong, even though you know they disappeared for parts of it. Um, I really liked. Um, I think the episode was just called Luther's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Luther's and I liked Ace Reporter. They were really good um, Luther stories. Um, I, I also liked Mr. and Mrs. Mix. Mix just like Thanks. Oh God, it's so it's so stressful to pronounce. Um, <laughs> just because it was a really funny episode, and also um, anything that has Hamilton references is uh, great in my book. Exodus, I think, was probably 
the strongest episode of the season. Um, just anytime you get like those good sister moments between um, Alex and um, Kara is is always great. And I I I think one of my favorites overall was Alex, just because it was such a such a a good episode. There was so much good Alex stuff, even though she's like trapped um, in like a little cell the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see different pairings of characters that don't usually interact. I like when the show sort of steps out of the bubble of being like, these two characters always talk, and these two characters always talk, but those two characters never talk. Um, so I always like when they grab the people who don't usually interact. And then the, the end of the season was really strong. I loved uh, Terry Hatcher is queen, and uh, <laughs> the last two episodes were really great. Yeah, I, I, it's funny when I look back on season two, there, there's a lot more that I liked than I would have thought. Like if I, if I, if I give it some thought and go through the episodes, I found that I really liked a lot of the season, even though I thought some of it was uneven or there were things I didn't like about it, but I did enjoy a lot of things in season two. So definitely a shout out to Brian, the alien, a very unexpected (laughs) character, uh, who reinforced the fact that we love uh, supporting minor characters uh, on the show. And I, I think the show will do well if they continue to make that uh, a priority, uh, bringing in characters who just uh, kind of uh, decorate the scene a little bit, you know, that sort of, uh, you know, populate the world and, and kind of show us something outside of Team Supergirl. I, I, I think that's why I, that might have been why I gravitated towards Brian, because he was outside of, Kara's inner circle uh he was someone else who represented the alien population but just you know outside of her little world um I also really loved Exodus I thought that was one of Alex and Exodus I think probably were uh the the two strongest episodes of the season for me um I really loved uh the season finale with uh Supergirl and Monel's goodbye I thought that was a really strong performance by Melissa uh, it was very heart-wrenching to watch, but it was very good performance-wise. Um, I really loved the little touches in season two. Uh, for me, that re- kind of clicked with me um, was seeing Car Danvers watch classic films in her her place by herself. I thought that was a neat little uh, character trait that they added onto her, that she was kind of an old soul who watched old movies. Um, I also think we should talk about the four-show crossover and the musical crossover because we got two big crossovers this season, and the four-show crossover was a huge historical TV deal um, that I, I don't think that's ever been done before, and they managed to pull it off, uh, which was was an astounding feat in and of itself. So, um, Louis, what, what did you think about the the crossovers this season? We, we got the big uh, crossover with the Dominators, and then we got the musical crossover with The Flash. What did you think about the crossovers? Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of ashamed that none of them actually kind of impacted as such on, like, Supergirl. I don't think they had any episodes crossing over, did they? The only thing <laughs> that... Technically. <laughs> yeah. The bits and pieces, I think. Yeah, that was, a, that was a big controversy that everybody was all uh, irritated with the fact that Supergirl was sort of promoted in the, the four-show element of it. But uh, we only really got that scene at the end. But yeah, like aside from that, I really did enjoy both of them. I kind of, I felt that they were such sort of ambitious propositions that you thought that they were going to be really messy. But I just found them really fun and really entertaining. A kind of way to kind of cut loose from all the like arc stuff that was going around on going on around those points. Yeah, I I thought they both uh, achieved what they set out to do, and they they both did a. a a fairly good job on a TV budget and with their time constraints they probably have. Uh, I think what was very interesting about the four show crossover for me was that it actually made me enjoy arrow again, uh, which is a, a, a real feat uh, that they, they managed to uh, achieve out of me. But I, I really did enjoy the musical crossover, even if I thought the, uh, the villain didn't really, uh, his motivations weren't really, uh, spectacular in my opinion um but i think the the crossovers they did a really good job with that this season um i liked the fight club aspect of season two i'm one of my favorite probably my favorite moment of all season two was supergirl's uh defiance with the orange juice and mr mrs yeah now i'm having a hard time saying it morgan mr (laughs) mrs mix yes in the fortress of solitude when she drinks the orange juice to kind of show mixie that 
she had free will and that he couldn't control her. And I, I thought that was an awesome, awesome Supergirl moment. It was nice to see her use her brains instead of her brawn all the time. So I really enjoyed that. And um, I think, Morgan, you had mentioned the uh, the uh, the Ace Reporter episode, and I was struck by how I was so attached to Lena Luthor and Jack Spears' relationship, even though it was in one just that one episode, I, I got kind of attached to them. So um, I, I think that was a, a big standout for me. And I guess I, I guess we should talk about um, just kind of overall thoughts. Um, if you want to give a ranking, uh, Louie, I, I don't know if you uh, want to rank out of 10 or like a letter grade or something. You can choose your scale. Um, but what, what would you, how would you grade season two uh, overall as a season? Um, I think I'd probably give it a B plus. Um, I feel that's like kind of a roundabout right because I kind of appreciated its ambition a little bit more than what it actually was able to accomplish because it was clear they really wanted to expand the show out and not just rest in the laurels. And I really liked that, even if it didn't always come off in the execution. So yeah, I'd say uh, B plus is probably what I'd give it. All right, and uh, Carly, what what how how would you grade it? Would you do a, a would you like to do a letter grade or a, a number scale? Um, but what would you what would you grade uh, season two overall? Wouldn't it be funny if we all did different different? <laughs> you could you could pick your <laughs> pick your own scale. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, no, I'll I'll do a letter grade too. Um, I think I I would also say B plus because um, I don't think it was perfect uh what show really is but i think like i said before what worked for me more than this a lot of the stories were the characters uh that they brought in in season two and what we're kind of building up in terms of new relationships um and also i think too because the 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 season waxed and waned a little bit in for me in terms of overall uh quality like it was really good at the beginning and the end and the middle kind of had, a, I would say the middle was a little bit more of a roller coaster because there were, there were episodes in the middle that I really liked and there were episodes in the middle. I was kind of like iffy on, but even the episodes that I was iffy on, I still found things that I liked. So it, was, it wasn't like it was complete, like any, I don't really even remember any one episode being completely terrible. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think we ever had a podcast episode where we all were like, oh, I hated that. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah. I, th- I think that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. So I would say B plus for me. Morgan, what would you uh, grade it on a? Uh, I, I guess we're gonna go letter grade here. Um, what would you give it? And I was gonna grade it in emojis. <laughs> oh, do do the emojis too. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I would grade it heart emoji, thumbs up emoji, crying emoji. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, panda bear emoji. Oh, nice! <laughs> Make of that what you will. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would give it a, I would give it a B plus too. I think it was, it was strong in a lot of things. It was just trying to do too many things. Uh, I think that was its overall problem. And, and and you definitely felt the loss of some of the season one elements, particularly Cat Grant. I think when they when they had to get rid of Kat for because Callista wasn't going to be able to do the show full time. Um, they didn't really, it was, it was like they lost that whole aspect of the show, like the whole cat co aspect of the show. They like nominally put James in charge of cat co and he's like <laughs> definitely living under the desk, but, <laughs> but we never got to see him do much of anything. Like, He's somehow he's air quotes running the company, but I don't believe that he's doing anything. Like I, I think Ms., probably Miss Tessmacher is running the company. At this <laughs> she's, she's holding it down. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of lost that whole aspect of like cars, like working, like normal car Danvers working life, and it kind of became all Supergirl, all DEO all the time. And I think that made it feel a little different than season one, and like not always in a bad way, but not always in a good way either. I kind of wish, you know how like on 30 Rock, Kenneth, you know, Kenneth the page uh, goes from, you know, being a page to uh, the head of NBC. I, I would love, I would love it if like maybe Miss, Miss, Miss Tessbacher, I, I, I wish she would go from like Kat's assistant to like, I guess whatever it is, CEO of Catco. Uh, that, that would be kind of awesome. 
uh, that I think that would be a good ending point for for her uh, since she has she has been putting in the time. She's been working. Everybody else has kind of been doing whatever, but she's she's been holding down the fort. And Cat Co. We'll have to see what happens next season because it, it looks like it's in shambles. Uh, I don't know how the building of Cat Co. is going to stick around, but it has taken a beating. Uh, from season two so i i think i might be the harshest of us i think i might put it somewhere between c plus b minus range um there were there were a lot of things that i that didn't connect with me and some things uh that i i some things i really loved but some things that uh i thought maybe they could have done better with um but on on the whole i you know i think it was a, a pretty good season i think i would just uh, mark it down a little bit. Um, and I definitely dropped it a letter grade because of the no snap situation. Definitely dropped it down. I might have given it a B plus, <laughs> but it lost a letter grade because of the snaps. So uh, so I'm going to be harsh about the snaps just because that seemed like it was a, a given that they could have worked in at least once and it never happened. Uh, so there's there's room for improvement. Does anybody else have anything else they want to bring up about season two before we uh, wrap it up? I'm just wondering where they're going to go with uh, with poor Jimmy <laughs> in season three. They just it feels like there's like the show is so uninterested in him as a character that that they had to like keep on trying to to find something to do with him. And then they didn't seem to be interested in the new thing that they were going to do with him either. Uh, Louis, what what what's your take on Guardian? Like, how how do you feel? Uh, what do, what do you think season two uh, maybe did well or didn't do well with the the Guardian uh, storyline with James? Do you do you think it worked or or didn't work? Uh, no, I was not a fan of it at all. I just I kind of thought that it was kind of really like incongruent with the rest of the show. It was this kind of dark and gritty, especially when they used dark and gritty kind of male led vigilante thing. And it felt like they parachuted in a bit of arrow for no particular reason. And I kind of got back to something a bit better. I, I liked the episode they did with him uh, just towards the end of the season when he was with the kid. I, I kind of felt like kind of tapped into what works about the character. But I just didn't feel that Guardian made any sense. I just kind of struggled. With, it just felt like they were flailing and just kind of settled on that direction randomly. Yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to say we probably uh, had the same kind of uh, reaction to it. I think for me, if uh, if they had done City of Lost Children sort of early on in season two, when they had gotten Guardian to to become a thing, I think I would have attached myself a little bit more to Guardian uh, because I my problem with it was I felt like James was being Guardian because he just wanted to be a hero. It wasn't because he wanted to help other people or whatever. He he just he just felt like a character who just wanted to be a hero because he had always been a sidekick, and so I really didn't gravitate towards him being a hero until the end of the season when I actually got to see him do something heroic and 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 really do something selfless. So I think it would have benefited uh, the show at least in my perspective if they had done that earlier. Um, but at least they tried to give him something and gave him a chance to shine. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what they do uh, next season, uh, if they keep up the Guardian thing or not. Um, I think it was hit or miss for a lot of people, but uh, hopefully they'll they'll, uh, be able to figure something out. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our Supergirl Season 2 discussion and retrospective. Um, But before we wrap up this episode of Supergirl Radio, we have some snap judgment questions. Um, sent in by our listeners. So, um, so, so Louie, how this works is uh, we're going to give you some uh, choices, and all you have to do is make a choice. It's there's okay. no there's no right or wrong answer, um, and we we may or may not agree with each other, but that's okay. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll just uh, get to some some answers, and it, it can be like your first instinct. Don't have to think about it. Don't explain it. Just just uh, give us a reply. So, first question is from Amanda, and Amanda asks, who would you rather see team up, Alex Danvers and Heatwave, or Windshot and the Atom? So, Louis, what would your preferred team up be? Um, I think I'd probably have to say Win and the Atom, because I, I could see them really hissing it off together. I mean, they're pretty similar people. All right. Uh, Carly, who would you rather see team up, Alex Danvers and Heatwave, or Windshot and the Atom? I would say Win and the Atom. Morgan, which one would you pick? I'm going to go Alex and Heatwave because I feel like that would be a weird combo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go Windshot and the Atom. 
from Alex R., uh, who asks, uh, when and Lena are both going to fall from a cliff, who do you save? Oh, and this is a real Kelly situation right here. So, <laughs> so Louie, uh, who would you save if, if you had to make a choice to save Wynn or Lena? Who would you save? We could apologize and then probably say Lena. I think she's been through more. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carly, who would you save? Uh, Wynn only because Supergirl would save Lena. <laughs> <laughs> Mar- Morgan, who would you save? Sorry, Wynn. <laughs> Lena. <laughs> I-, I would go Wynn, I think. Uh, but I, w- I wouldn't want to have to make that choice. That's, that's a really tough snap judgment. Uh, but, but I think we all, we all committed to a choice. Um, <laughs> and the last one is from Suara, who asks, uh, who has two questions. Uh, the first one is, who, who would you rather be stuck in a room with for a day? Monel or Maxwell Lord? Uh, pull in a character from season one. So, Louie, who would you pick, Monel or Maxwell Lord? Uh, I think Monel, because I think you'd have a conversation with him. <laughs> all right, Carly, who would you pick? <laughs> I feel Monel, and I feel like it would be that that episode of Parks and Rec, Ron and Leslie, where Ron and Leslie get trapped in the room, and then and then by the end they're like drunk and playing various brass instruments. <laughs> I, I could see I could see you and Monel like becoming best friends uh, after a day together. That would be really funny. I want to be like I still you're still annoying, but maybe a little more tolerable. <laughs> would you would you go mon neutral you think after a day and stuck in a room with him look if i if he if he could make me drinks the whole time then i definitely would be stuck in a room with him <laughs> uh morgan who would you pick if you if you had to be stuck in a room w- with somebody for a day who would you pick monel or maxwell lord i would go monel because he's a mixologist so i feel like he could make me some really fancy drinks well, y'all are gonna be up a creek if you don't have any drinks in this room. I know. <laughs> if this is our room, it's gonna be rough for us. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just bare bones, nothing else in the room, uh, that that would be a tough call. But I think I would go Mono. Uh, and the last snap judgment that we have is: Where would you like Supergirl to visit? The Mascara or Atlantis? Uh, Louie, where would you like to see Supergirl? Supergirl go hang out. Um, I think for mascara also be good for the promo. So, <laughs> all right, Carly, which one would you pick? Yeah, the mascara. She's got to return Wonder Woman's boots. <laughs> oh, true, true. <laughs> she borrowed them. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, which one would you pick? Uh, the mascara. I'm gonna go Atlantis. I want to see Supergirl swim underwater. Um, so that's it for all of our snap judgments for this episode. And that's going to do it for kind of our feedback section, uh, feedback, se- feedback section of this episode. Um, so Louie, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Um, I'm at Rabinowski on Twitter. And uh, we should reiterate that you write for kryptonsite.com. So uh, if you want to go read uh, Louie's reviews, you can go over there and check those out. And thank you so much for coming and joining us on Supergirl Radio. It's always fun to have a new voice and hear a new perspective on the show. So thank you for coming on and sharing your thoughts. Thanks for having me. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have a playlist on Spotify, so definitely check that out. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash DC dash fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. We are also part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Teen Titan show. Oh my God, stop making these shows. <laughs> Subscribe to the DCTV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DCTV Podcast on Twitter and like DCTV Podcast on Facebook. I mean, we could, we could probably just say subscribe to I'm the mega start, feed i'm gonna start like writing letters to the cw <laughs> like dear cw if you green light one more superhero show 
<laughs> I might not make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so so uh, the DC TV Podcast Network did uh, just add Titans Podcast, which uh, has been announced and will be a fan podcast dedicated to the upcoming Teen Titans series. Uh, that is called Titans, which is an appropriate title for that. Um, and that, that series is going to be planned for the new DC Digital Service. So uh, that'll be something to look forward to and another show that Morgan will have to list out. <laughs> Although maybe, you know, eventually we could probably just be like, Sub- subscribe to the Megafeed. It's fine. Uh, we don't we don't have to list out all the, the shows, but I think it's good if, if people want to know what it's all about. Um, and we should probably mention that we, uh, every year, well, for, for three years now, this will be our third uh, in, annual charity fundraiser. We're, we're going to raise some money for the World Wildlife Fund on Saturday, June 17th. And we'll be doing that live and wired uh, <laughs> on Mixler.com slash DCTV podcast. And if you were hanging out with us for the Supergirl season two season finale, it'll be the same kind of thing. Uh, you can join a chat and, and talk with us real time. Um, and so we'll be raising some money for that. Um, so come and hang out with us on Saturday, June 17th. It'll be nonstop podcasting for most of the day. And uh, so you can <laughs> listen to all of the shows, or at least most of the shows that Morgan uh, so graciously uh, <laughs> listed out for us. So you can uh, come and talk about all things DC TV and DC films. Uh and for me personally, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also, I'm also on Instagram at the TheDerbyKid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can check out videos of mine over at YouTube.com forward slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I'm currently writing over at Nerdist and Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, did a little side podcast duty recently. <laughs> so if you want to hear my opinions on things other than Supergirl, uh, I, I was a guest on two shows recently. Uh, one show with my friend, uh, Charlie Ashby, who co-hosts, uh, How's Annie podcast, which is about Twin Peaks revival. And then the other show what is, uh, called Slayer Fest 98. And it's a Buffy podcast hosted by Matthew Rodriguez and Ian Crawford. And I was a guest on for the season two episode of Halloween. And I'm also going to be a guest on the season two episode two-parter of Surprise and Innocence. So you should check those out. Uh, One's out now. The other one will be coming out when they get to it. (laughs) We we did a little out-of-order recording simultaneously. Um, but yes, if you want to hear me talk about other shows, you can go there. You should check out the podcast anyway, because they're great. Uh, (laughs) but if you're interested in following me, then you can check them out too. (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter. I'm, uh, at Mojo Tastic. That's M O J O T A S T I C. Uh, you can also find me recapping the final season of pretty little liars over at buddy TV. Um, and I also have some stuff on Winona Earp coming up, so you should uh, check that out. And before I forget, I'm also a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, and we're actually recording, as we're recording this Supergirl radio episode, I'll be recording um, a, a feedback episode of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast a little bit later tonight. We're going to be going over uh, a lot of the feedback that we've been getting from listeners about season two, so that should be fun. And now that we know about the the Netflix situation, I assume that Legends of Tomorrow, like the the most recent season, is now up on Netflix. So, yeah, yeah. And, and while and while watching Legends of Tomorrow is not a prerequisite for listening to our <laughs> podcast, you can catch up on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I think it went up almost immediately too. It was like maybe the week after the finale. I was like whoa, what do you mean new episodes? <laughs> so you can binge the show if you if you want. If, if you want to go the extra mile for the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, you can uh, watch the show on Netflix. If you want to just understand our podcast better, <laughs> you know, enjoy it a little deeper, you can watch the show. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, season two of Supergirl uh, is over, but hang out with us this summer because we'll have lots of content coming your way in Supergirl Radio season 2.5. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for watching another season of Supergirl with us. Supergirl.